This is a great day, and do you know why, my friends? It's because we are one day closer to Sunday. Today is Thursday, so we've got Friday's three days until the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, the day we come together and worship. I'm looking forward to it. If you go to Mountain View, make sure you're in your place. Sunday school at 10, Sunday morning 11, Sunday night at 6. And if you don't go to Mountain View, then you make sure you're in your place at your church. It's such a blessing. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. And that's the day of the Lord's soon return. And as you look around, you can see that it is soon approaching. And that's sort of what we're going to talk about here today. We've been in Psalms chapter number two, and I'll start reading in verse number seven. I spent a lot of time on yesterday, which says, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And we'll keep reading. Verse eight, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. I've heard messages from that verse before, messages that were excellent. And I've heard them about missions and about soul winning. All that means is one person telling another person about Jesus, giving them the gospel. And so all of us, of course, as Christians, we're called to be soul winners. And all of us are called to take the gospel to the world. That's what Jesus said to the uttermost parts of the earth, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And now many of us were not able to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Many of us are, but uh, for those of us who are not, for example, I've been called to be at Mountain View Baptist Church, and I praise the Lord for it, Uh, but we give to uh, missions And we support missionaries who go to the uttermost part of the earth. And I've heard messages from this verse in verse eight, ask of me. And of course, if you know the context and you've been with us, you know, this is the father speaking to the son, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Well, that sounds like a great missions verse, but is this about missions and soul winning? Now it's the greatest business in the world. It's, it's the church's Number one, really main priority. Everything else is secondary in supporting this mission to get the gospel to the world. But we've got to take it in context. And I'll tell you why it's not about missions and soul winning. It is about verse, well, I'll just read to you verse number nine. We'll continue reading. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, I've been in a lot of churches. My dad was an evangelist. He is an evangelist, and he would go from church to church to church, a different one, just about every week, and sometimes more than one in a week, and I'd be there, and sometimes they'd have a mission statement or a vision statement, and I've been a member at at a few churches in my life, my wife as well, and uh, uh, preparing a people to meet the Lord. That's a good one. Uh, Lifting up the name of Jesus. I like that. There's a lot of of good uh, mission statements or vision statements that a church might have. I have never, ever seen on the wall in the lobby. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel because, because that's not what the church is called to do today. Uh, somebody asked me last week, they said, do you just crack yourself up sometimes when you're recording that podcast? Cause you're alone in your office. And I said, absolutely. Nobody thinks I'm as funny 
as I think I am. So sometimes I'll just have to stop and laugh because I think I'm funny. My wife will pat me on the back and say, yes, you're very funny, dear. You're very funny. <laughs> but it's just it, whenever I tell a joke and nobody laughs, that's, that's so funny to me. So sometimes if I tell a joke and I laugh and laugh, if you watch the live stream and I'm laughing, it's because nobody else did. <laughs> it's just hilarious, the, the awkwardness, but that's okay. Um, but no, the vision statement for no church is thou shalt break them with the rod of iron because this is talking about the second coming of Christ, the second coming. We've been in Revelation Sunday nights for some time now, and we're nearing the end. We're to the victorious part now in Revelation. But in Revelation 2, 27, it says, he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. So he's talking about Christ ruling the physical earth with a rod of iron. Revelation eleven eighteen, and the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldst destroy them which destroy the earth. One day Christ is going to physically rule over planet Earth. That's what he's going to do. Now, right now, he's not doing that, is he? No, just watch the news. Christ is not ruling with a rod of iron. And by the way, that just means that he is physically ruling with force. He is causing people to do what he desires them to do as a ruler would today. And that's not happening yet. Revelation 12, 5, she brought forth a man child, she meaning Israel, who is to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So he's going to, but he's not doing it yet. Remember, Jesus came. He came peacefully. He came into Jerusalem riding a donkey, which is a symbol of peace. When he comes again, Revelation 19, he'll be riding a horse, which is a symbol of war. He came, first of all, as a gentle shepherd, okay, a suffering savior to die on the cross, to give himself willingly for our sins. When he comes again, when he comes again, he will come as a conquering king. Revelation 19, 15, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. Now, sometimes you might be in a group and usually this is more in like a neo-evangelical contemporary type uh, thing, kumbaya type church, uh, but they'll get together and they'll say, uh, what does this passage mean to you? And their, their lessons will kind of be like a, a group setting where they're all sitting in a circle and they'll talk about a passage. And I'm all for a good Bible study. But when you approach the word of God with the question, what does this mean to me? You just want to be careful at what you mean by that. Because there is one interpretation of every passage, one interpretation and there are many applications. So the interpretation is exactly that. What does this mean? When you read a passage of scripture, you have got to be careful to not necessarily apply it until you understand what it's saying. If you read in the Old Testament or the New Testament, wherever, you need to understand who is this written to originally? Who wrote it? At what time period was this written? Is this a prophecy? Is this about the second coming? Because if not, if you're not real careful, you'll read right here in Psalm chapter two, and you'll make your very own little cult at how you need to rule all nations with a rod of iron <laughs> or you're out of the will of God. So uh, you, you've just got to be very, very careful. And, and, and to maybe explain a little better, how can somebody say that 
every time they read a familiar passage of scripture, they get something different out of it. Now, I've said that. You've probably said that. I'll, I'll read through Proverbs. I read Proverbs probably more than any other book of the Bible. And I have, I guess, a lot of it memorized just from reading it so much. And I read through it and uh, something will hit me and it will strike me differently. Well, the interpretation has not changed. The meaning of that verse has never changed. You are never going to change by your perspective anything in the Bible. You have got to first diligently figure out what it means. But the way you get something different is that you're in a different place in life at that time. And you can, here we go, apply it differently to your life. Now, this is so, so important. If I'm speaking to somebody who loves to study the Bible or maybe is a little bit newer of a Christian, this is is so important. Again, there is one interpretation. What does it mean? It means one thing and always has. But there are many applications. You see, a child who reads a verse will maybe be able to apply it differently to their life than maybe a teenager, than somebody with young children who's married, somebody who is nearing retirement age, somebody who is at the end of their life. It always means the same thing, but they'll be able to apply it differently based on their life experience and what they know to be true. And 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 so that's why heavy, when I preach, it's heavy teaching. What does this passage mean? Because then if you thoroughly understand what it means, what it truly means and what it was saying, it is saying, then you can apply it to your life. And of course, I'll, I'll do application as well. It's not a sermon without application, but the application can definitely be different. But it's important here, Psalm chapter two, this is talking about the second coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll get a little bit more into it. But that, that's important. So I'll leave you with that. That's the important thing I want you to take away. There's one interpretation. There are many applications. So go and study the word today and let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart and apply it to your life. Lord, we love you. I pray that you'll bless the day. In Jesus' name, amen.